Hello and welcome to the Healthy Gamer Girl podcast. I'm Liz, the Healthy Gamer Girl, and this is episode 27. As our usual disclaimer states, I am not a doctor and this podcast is not meant to be um, mistaken for medical advice, nor will it treat, diagnose, or cure any disease or condition. Um, For all of that, you should definitely head to your medical doctor. This podcast is informational in nature. So today, we're going to talk about high-carb vegan diets and why they don't work for everyone. But before we do that, I just really quickly want to brag, not even brag, I'm just very excited. Um, I actually got into the World of Warcraft uh, beta for Legion, which this is the first beta test in 11 years of playing this game that I've actually been a part of. And I was in the first round. I'm very excited. It's literally the first ever of anything. So I'm just you know, enjoying it. It was a little, it was a little rough last night. The server kept going down. Obviously it was like the first 20 minutes of it, but it's been really fun so far and it's restoring my faith in this game. I actually canceled my account recently. I have maybe a week left on it. I'll probably re-up just to keep the beta alive, which is smart on Blizzard's part. But, um, I don't know, I fell out of love with the game a little bit. It just became so grindy and so, I guess, painful. Every It just feels like you log in and you sit there and you just do missions and it's, it's a menu game now. But anyway, um, Legion is great so far. I love the beta. It's really renewed my faith in the game and my excitement for everything and brought me back to this awesome world that is just really cool. Anyway, um, I just wanted to get that out of the way. I'm so excited. But another thing I've been excited about lately is vegan diets. And that is because, and I don't know why this happened, but I started watching all of those raw vegan channels again on YouTube and on the, the internet in general. And they're really engaging All of the proponents of this high-carb vegan diet are really lean, they're super fit, they're very attractive, they all look like they're having the best time in the world, and like they're full of energy, and it becomes really seductive. And I remember years ago, I think back in 2012, I was looking at all these videos and got really into it and thought, you know what, I bet this is the lifestyle that will be great for my health, because every one of these um, high carbers are so into the fact that this is the diet for everyone and everyone will succeed on this and there's no way you can fail as long as you stick to the plan. So I was all about it. I was sticking to that plan and I did and I felt terrible. It was the middle of July and I just remember I was cold all day long, not in air conditioning, just in typical 70 to 80 degree weather. I was freezing I was hungry all the time, I was shaky, I was dizzy. I didn't lose weight on the diet, but I didn't gain weight on the diet. I didn't really, weight loss wasn't my goal. I was just trying to kind of fix my digestion and sort everything out. And it didn't fix my digestion. My stomach was a mess. I just, I felt terrible. And I thought to myself, this can't be right. Because everybody on YouTube, not that I get all my medical advice from YouTube, but you know, everyone on YouTube is so insistent that this is the best diet and that I must be doing it wrong. So I stuck with it 
for a little while, probably a couple months. And then honestly, I threw in the towel and I said, screw this. It's not worth it. And I actually went to low carb diets from there and had so much better success. I just felt so much more even and so much more stable. And I actually did lose weight, a little bit of weight on a low carb diet. Again, I didn't need to, it just kind of happened. Um, but I felt so much better and I thought, okay, well, I'm never going back to that. So recently when I saw these videos again and I saw that these people are still pushing the same message that you can't thrive on any other way of eating but this one, I decided that maybe it was time to talk about that a little bit. So I actually posted about this the other day and you can find that post on healthygamergirl.com. I'll also link it in the show notes here. But I just wanted to give a quick overview of firstly what a high carb low fat diet is and then why it might not be working for you, and then of course what you can do about it. So this is not a criticism of these diets. Very clearly they work for these people who are super enthusiastic about them. There's really no need to tear down another diet. Um, I do actually think that there are a lot of good aspects to these diets. They focus on sustainable, cruelty-free foods, which are so much better for your body and for the environment than processed foods. And there's a lot of body positivity and a lot of positive messages buried within, I guess, the mountain of negativity that also exists there. So there are a lot of positive aspects about these diets. Now, a high-carb, low-fat diet is a vegan diet. And again, I see nothing wrong with vegan diets as long as you supplement. And honestly, I'm not your mother. If you don't supplement, it doesn't bother me either. It's not my place to judge. But it's a vegan diet that is also high carb, and that is defined by the 80-10-10 diet, which is a, um, a, a high carb vegan diet developed by a chiropractor named Dr. Graham, who has been raw vegan since the 70s, good for him. But that is defined as getting 80% of your calories from carbohydrates, then 10% from fat, and 10% from protein. Then there are diets like raw till four, which is where you consume predominantly fruit with some greens and nuts and that greens not grains but some greens and nuts and um, you do that until about four o'clock or dinner time where you then include cooked starches and this is a super low fat plan typically um, if you do a calorie analysis of any of the recommended meal plans it's 90 to 95 percent carbohydrates with the remainder being fat and protein and then there's, there are things just like regular raw diets, which are just eating raw foods, and typically they don't have macronutrient um, ratios attached to them. Or fruitarian diets, which is basically all fruit all the time, just fruit. So these diets all kind of work on the basis that carbs cannot make you fat. It's fat that makes you fat. In fact, one of the things often said is the fat you eat is the fat you wear, which is not entirely true, but we're not going to get into that right now. The point of this is that if you go on this diet to lose weight and proponents of these diets suggest that you don't count calories, you just try to get as many carbs and as many calories into your body as possible, which on the one hand is a good message. They're against starving yourself. They're very for feeding your body what you need. But on the other hand, that might not be the best system for everyone. People who follow these diets typically are very active, do a ton of exercise, and so they're burning a ton of calories. Most people 
do not live like that. Um, further, these experts, that's in air quotes, you can't, you can't see them, but they're there. These experts tend to be, um, they're professional YouTubers, essentially. They make their money on YouTube and by selling their eBooks for this lifestyle. So this is their job. They don't need to go to work. They don't need to go to school. They don't need to pick up the kids from soccer practice. They just do this. And so it's a lot easier for someone who literally just eats and films themselves doing that and cycles or runs all day to get the amount of exercise in and to to get the proper food in, the proper nutrition in, and give their bodies digestion time. It's so much easier for them to do that than for us to do it. So for normal people who aren't biking or running all day, you might actually gain fat. And there is a scientific basis for this. While it is very difficult for your body to turn carbohydrates into fat, that's true, there is a pathway by which this is possible, and it is called de novo lipogenesis. And I will actually link um, to a few studies talking about de novo lipogenesis and not only fat gain in your body, like um, subcutaneous fat, but also that's just the fat beneath your skin. That's basically the fat that we look at all day. But it's not just the fat in your body, but the fat in your liver. And actually, it's a really interesting study I'll link to you about a study done on non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and how de novo lipogenesis was actually a fairly strong contributor to this. And non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is basically the liver disease that diabetics often get, that um, people with metabolic disorders tend to have, and it means your liver is clogged with fat, and that is because when fruit sugar or fructose is processed, it doesn't go through your bloodstream like regular sugar. It's not metabolized in the same way, it goes straight through your liver and then your liver is stuck dealing with it and any sugar that's not immediately used, and you can only use so much sugar at once, but anything that's not immediately used is stored in your liver as fat or triglycerides. So this is why a lot of people have high triglyceride levels who consume a crap ton of sugar. And also this is why people who might not eat a lot of fat or might not be alcoholics actually have fatty liver disease. So de novo lipogenesis, the more you know. Um, so this is a contributing factor to many things. And de novo lipogenesis doesn't, it, it takes a lot of carbs. I'll be totally honest, it takes a lot of carbs to gain weight. But if you're on this diet where they're recommending you eat sometimes five or 10,000 calories worth of sugar every day and you're not biking or you're not running marathons, you're probably going to gain a little weight. And granted, that's not everyone. Most people won't. But if you do have a damaged metabolism, it's far more likely that weight gain will happen. Now, this brings me to an important point, which is that health is not just about weight loss. So even if you don't gain weight on this diet, it might not be the plan for you. Many individuals just don't feel right on a high-carb diet. They will feel shaky or dizzy or hungry or cold, like I talked about feeling... Um, you might just feel terrible for a number of reasons. And this can be attributed to things like candida or yeast overgrowth in your gut. Sugar directly feeds yeast. So when you're feeding this yeast, you'll be experiencing all of these negative candida side effects. And a lot of it's like headaches, gut disturbances, like muscle problems, like achy muscles and joints. Um, even skin conditions, rashes, can all be attributed to candida. So that's something to look into if you, you do experience these symptoms on a high-carb diet. Same thing with um, a small, bacterial, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or SIBO. 
It just means that, I guess, another uh, set of air quotes around bad bacteria, but bad bacteria are running rampant in your gut, and the sugar is feeding them. Um, other conditions which could make you feel terrible while eating a high-carb diet are hypoglycemia, diabetes, or pretty much any other metabolic dysregulation. And a lot of us have met- metabolic dysregulation, so it's interesting that are not really interesting. It's just something to look into. It's important if you have metabolic issues and you're on a high carb diet and it's not working for you, you should really reevaluate what you're eating. Uh, finally, we'll talk very briefly about hormonal conditions. And I've mentioned polycystic ovarian syndrome and endometriosis before, as well as low testosterone. And all of these conditions can be exacerbated by eating a high carbohydrate diet. Uh, it just messes with your hormones in general. In fact, eating more sugar contributes to a drop in testosterone, which just it just like really keeps that cycle going. So if you already have low testosterone and you eat a ton of sugar, it's just going to get worse. So I'm not all doom and gloom. There is a plus side to this. You can fix your diet after going on one of these little high-carb, I guess we'll call it a binge because it ends up being an extended binge, Um, And you can just eat a more balanced diet, as crazy as that sounds. Just instead of focusing on the macronutrient content of the foods, ignore that entirely and eat foods that you want to eat right now. Uh, Focus on whole foods, and you should regulate your body. If you're craving protein, eat a lot of beans. If you're craving fats, eat some nuts or avocado. If you're craving greens, go for it. Everyone loves greens. Just don't restrict the types of foods you're eating. Don't eat massive mono meals of bananas or mangoes. Just eat a balanced diet. And this could be raw vegan. It could be cooked vegan. It could be cooked carnivore. carnivore. It could be anything. You can eat any type of diet that you want. Just focus on eating whole foods and don't pay attention to macronutrients. Just eat what your body wants. You could also, if you wanted to focus on macronutrients, if that is something that makes you happy, just work on eating more fat and protein and less sugar. Try to get more greens in as opposed to a ton of fruit. Focus on getting vegetables in and not just bananas. Try eating more nuts or even cheese. Whatever you can do to get more nutrition into your body without spiking your blood sugar. And along those lines, maybe even try a high or a low carb diet for a while and just see what that does for you. Yes, it is actually possible to do a low-carb vegan diet, and I talk about that in another blog post, which I will link in the show notes. Um, But that is something which has shown very good results for a lot of people. And again, it's not for everyone. I'm sure a lot of the people who don't thrive on a high-carb diet thrive on a low-carb diet, and vice versa. Those who don't thrive on a low-carb diet thrive on a high-carb diet. And maybe this is because of the amount of chromosomes or the amount of Amy1 genes they have in their their DNA. Um, We talked about Amy1 being what regulates um, amylase, salivary amylase. So amylase breaks down carbohydrates for your body so that you can digest them. People who have more copies of this gene tend to be able to handle carbohydrates a lot better than those who have fewer copies. So maybe there's a correlation between people who really do terrible on a high-carb diet and people who have fewer copies of Amy 1. I wish there were a study for that because that would be super cool to check out, but there's not, so I get to speculate. But you could try any of these other ways of eating just to see how 
they affect your body. Again, you have to do what's right for your body. You have to listen to yourself. Don't let people on YouTube peer pressure you into following this diet because it's trendy or because they're really aggressive about it. It doesn't help you if you're eating in a way that doesn't make you feel good. So I think that's just something to think about. You're not a failure just because a high-carb vegan diet doesn't work for you. There are plenty of other ways to be successful eating a vegan diet or just eating in general. And if you think that you might have any of these conditions and you're eating a high-carb diet, it's definitely worth, one, talking to your doctor, and two, doing a little research on your own. If you can hear that background noise, that's my cat jumping on and then off of the refrigerator, which is crazy. Um, but on that note, I will leave you. Um, as always, I love hearing or seeing your comments and your emails. So please feel free to contact me with any questions you may have. Um, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. You can email me. All of my links to my social channels are at healthygamergirl.com. And that is also where you can find the show notes. So thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to get back to the Legion beta now. You guys have a great day.